Hey guys, it's me, P. And me, S. And you're listening to the Girl on Girl podcast. But it's not what you think. But also, it's kind of what you think. Okay, here's the deal. My name is Persis. I'm queer, Indian, femme, and a little over five feet tall. And my name is Sarah. I'm straight, white, cis, and a proud ginger. Every episode, we're going to talk about sexuality from a queer perspective, from a straight perspective, and what it means to find the fluidity between the two. We're going to talk about taboos, labels, dating, awkward moments, pop culture icons. We're also going to talk safe sex, self-discovery, discrimination, and what it means to be a queer minority. Persis, hi. Hey, it's been a while. It has. It's so good to see your beautiful face. Yeah, I feel like I don't see it enough. I know. Your own face? <laughs> yeah. You should look in the mirror some more. Oh, but I don't want to be a narcissist. Well, you know what I realized the other day? I look in the mirror way too much. It's one of my toxic traits, and I, I got to stop doing it. You do, eh? Yeah. I think it's because I have so many skin issues that I just like, it's almost like I take a look in the mirror every now and then to be like, oh, is is the acne still there? <laughs> like as if it went away in the last 30 minutes, you know what I mean? So it's just like, a, it's almost like a nervous tick I've developed, but it's okay because I'm aware of it and I'm going to keep working on it. I mean, I kind of get that like if, if I walk by a mirror, it's really hard to not look. But I know some people who don't do it, but I always check. I just want to make sure everything's good. Like, you don't want to have anything in your teeth, you know? Also, you know, we're beautiful. So we just want to admire our own beauty. Like, is there anything wrong with that? We are beautiful. Both of us are beautiful, beautiful people. The people they want. It's the beautiful, 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 beautiful people they oh. flaunt. Oh, my God. Beautiful, um, beautiful, 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 beautiful people they love. Anything else you wanted to add? No, that's it. Oh, okay. I, you know, I think that summarizes it really well, if you ask me. What's the story of, remember, there's like a, a Greek story, the, some I could be so wrong, Greek mythology about the narcissist. narcissist. Narcissus. Oh, her name or Narcisse is or whatever. But we know because Yeah, we know an awesome girl named Narcissus. The story, guys, don't quote me, but I'm 99% sure this is the story. There was like a beautiful Greek god who – and the story is she would always bend over and look <laughs> – sorry, I don't know why bend over made me laugh. I'm literally like five years old. Bend over, um, bend over, bend, bend over. over, bend over, bend over, bend uh, over. She would like l bend over to look at her reflection in the river, in the water. And she was so captivated by her own beauty that one day she fell in. And where she fell into the water, like a, she, a, a flower grew, but she like drowned or something. <laughs> she like, she fell into the water because she was so obsessed with her reflection and she never came out, but a flower grew where her reflection was or some, 
something like that. We should probably look it up. Um, we have the power to look it up. But yeah. I kind of like that story that I just I just gave to you all. So is the flower Narcissus? I'm not sure what the flower is supposed to represent. Um, and the flower, I'm super unsure about the flower. I'm super unsure about that part of the story. I'm not going to lie to you. Well, I feel like before you start speaking nonsense into the oh. microphone, you should oh. really be sure about your facts. It's just funny how we can go from like beautiful, beautiful, beautiful people to total slander on this podcast, like in this relationship in general. We'll talk about this when we're done recording. Babe, it gives me whiplash. It honestly does. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um... <laughs> Whiplash, great movie. <laughs> I love Whiplash. Great movie if you guys haven't seen it. <laughs> Miles Teller at his peak. And J.K. Simmons, scary. Yeah, probably at his peak too. Also, I have such a crush on Miles Teller. I'm such a basic white girl. You really do love, um, like he's almost in the same family as Timothy Chalamet, I would think. I'm Except you love basic. Michael B. Jordan. I love Michael B. Jordan. Well, but persist though. Come on. Like who, who in their right mind, if anyone listening doesn't have a massive crash on Michael B. Jordan, I, I'm just like a little bit concerned. Yeah, I'm concerned. Well, I'm you're not, a liar. <laughs> I'm not that into, I don't think he would be my like top pick. I think he's incredibly beautiful. <laughs> We're going to get into another fight. <laughs> okay. Anyway, moving on. Are you doing good? Is life good? Life is good. It's been busy, but I'm going to Mexico soon. So exciting. So and I'm you're not here. taking me, but it's fine. No, it was a last minute trip. Um, super excited for you. I wish I could go. Yeah, but we might be doing another trip sooner than you think. And we'll have to tell you guys about it uh, if and when it happens. It's a very exciting one. Well, Sarah, there's some more exciting things happening on your end because one, it's Aries season. So to all my Aries who listen to the pod and to all the Aries I love, I always love, I love Aries. Their personalities are the best. It's, it's Miss, Miss Sarah's birthday is coming up very, very soon. That's right. My birthday is coming up. I had a moment last night. I was having dinner with a friend and um, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this. So I'm turning 28. In my head, I had already turned 28 and I thought for a second that I was turning 29 and I had like a meltdown because I thought I had spent the entire last year thinking I was 27 and actually I was 28 and I lost a whole year. I had like a full meltdown at dinner. And then anyway, I realized that I'm an idiot. And no, I'm still 27 and I'm going to be 28 really soon. Oh, that I did not know that happened. Well, it just happened last night and I don't give you a play-by-play of my every minute, even though I know you would like it. I would. I would have told I'm you a that. Busy, I'm a busy woman, so I don't really know what you expect from me personally. Well, I expect a lot more than what you've been giving me. That's for sure. <laughs> Babe, when you get spicy, spicy on here. I'm so happy that I didn't miss a whole year, though. It was a, it was like when you wake up from a bad dream and you're like, oh, thank God, that was just a dream. So I, I still have my 28th year, guys. It's still ahead of me. So much to do, so much to explore. No, you definitely have so much ahead of you. And 
28 is still so young. Oh yeah, I don't feel very old. Maybe because I'm I'm so immature. But um, I I actually really like birthdays. I love other people's birthdays. I like my birthday. So I'm excited. April April's Aries. Great great peeps. Purse. Our topic today was requested by one of our amazing listeners, and we thought it was a really important, nice thing to talk about that we haven't really. Um, talked about in depth. We've talked about mental health on here a lot, and we've talked about coming out, but we haven't specifically talked about self-care for coming out and how to take care of yourself before you come out, when you come out, and after, because that is an experience. I love this topic because I feel like it's something that we know is so important. And it's almost like a little obvious, like we have to be taking care of ourselves, but it definitely gets brushed, brushed over very easily because there's so Mm. much that we're dealing with like mentally and physically too, like when coming out for some people. So it's very like, yeah, I'm glad our listener brought this up because I'm excited to dive into it. Me too. And I almost feel like self-care has become a little bit of a buzzword, Um, you know, almost like a little eye rolly. Like, yeah, yeah, I know, got to self-care. But um, when it comes to, like, the coming out experience, I think, like, you can't overstate how important it is to take care of yourself. And also, as we've said multiple times on this pod, coming out is typically not a one-time experience. Sometimes you're coming out every single day. Some people have, like, multiple very monumental coming out experiences. Persis Abraham here had two. Both of them on the internet. Actually, I would I would say you probably had three, maybe even four, like the first time you came out to your friends, then the first time you came out to your parents, and then coming out on the internet as bi, and then coming out on the internet as gay. Those are four huge moments. It is, but even to, those are like the, obviously the main moments, but I do think about it like, when they say like you come out every single day, it's very true. Like I kind of am coming out every day, especially when it's to people I don't know or if it's to coworkers or any new like social setting I'm in. Yeah. It always has to be like a, I'm gay, by the way. Totally. Even when we were interviewing my nephew, Knox, you had to come out to Knox. And I mean, that was a big deal for you. I was really nervous to come out to Knox. I know. And he took it really well. So Sarah, you were just saying that self-care can be kind of like an eye-rolly word, but what is it exactly? What is self-care? Self-care is the practice of taking action to preserve or improve one's own health. It's the practice of taking an active role in protecting your own well-being and happiness, in particular during periods of stress. Mm -hmm. Because ladies and gents and everybody in between... Coming out can sometimes be really stressful. Uh, yeah. I've never done it, but I literally can only imagine. And all the stories that we've heard have given me lots of perspective on what the experience might be like. Yeah. And I mean, I never even thought about it in this way. And I feel like practicing self-care, especially when I first came out as like an 18-year-old to my parents would have been like really, really good for me to kind of just like self-soothe a little bit too, just like love myself and um, just acceptance is key. Because I I talked about this before, but I also didn't really accept myself even when I said it out loud. 
there was still some internal stuff I was dealing with that was really sad. Totally. Yeah. I think a lot of self-care is self-love. Yeah. Like what's actually kind of wild is even when I came out for the first time, I had like my, some of my darkest times in that year. When you'd, when I think if I really like took the time to breathe and just, which we'll, we'll name like some self-care tactics. If I did some of these things, I think it would have helped me a little bit because your girl just went into a little bit of a hole when she was 18. You did. And I think it's definitely, it's definitely all wrapped up in this coming out experience that you had and this coming into your sexuality experience. Like it all was connected, all of it. All of it was. Yeah. What are some ways that everyone can practice self-care before, during, and after coming out. I think like all those three periods of time are probably really scary and there's a lot of like fear and self-doubt. So what are some things that we can all do? I think one of the biggest things uh, someone can do to practice self-care is to make sure you keep your support team close. So whoever that is to you, whether it is your friends or your family, or even coworkers, or anyone you feel safe with, especially, don't avoid them. Make sure you actually really lean on them. Because I think like the biggest thing is you could come out and then you kind of think, okay, like now what? But I think that if you continue to open up to the people you care about and you know are showing you like that same love and respect back, you will actually like continue to build those relationships and make them even stronger. I find that people who kind of tend to avoid or they like don't want to talk about things or they, they kind of say like, oh, I don't want to burden someone. I don't really want to like put my, you know, my, um, I don't want to use the word issue, but I feel like because coming out can feel like such a solo experience, you don't want to like put that on someone else, but like, no, right. your friends and your family or the people who you consider your family, like love you. So make sure you remember that and you're, you're important too and your story matters. Yes, girl. Say it again for the people in the back. I will say it again verbatim. (laughs) You say everything you just said verbatim. And if you get one word wrong, I'm out. You're out. Um, I just wanted to say, speaking of coworker, because you mentioned like maybe your support team could be your coworkers. Um, When we talked to um, Kiki Perez, who was one of the stars of Netflix's 20-somethings Austin, he was telling us about his coming out experience and it and it was his coworker mainly who became one of his best friends who he leaned on and he the first time he came out was when he wrote basically wrote it on a piece of paper and like slid it over to his coworker and like it's so it's so great how we can find those people anywhere it doesn't just have to be your family or your friends it can be the people in your workplace or in your school like if you have a real connection with someone and you feel really safe with them Nurture that and and don't feel like just because it's your coworker, you can't talk to them about this stuff. Like feeling safe and respected is the number one thing. I agree. Yeah, because I feel like maybe you might put this weird like wall up with someone like that, but no, a connection is a connection. And if, if they make you feel safe, they're probably the best person to talk to about that. Like who cares if they're your coworker? I don't know. Kiki's was a really good example. So I'm glad you brought that up. 
Yeah. And if you, if you're really struggling and you just feel like you're in a space right now where there's not really anyone that you feel like you can talk to, like that's okay too. Like you are not alone in that and know that there is a whole internet of people who, and community that you can lean on. I think like that's important to keep in mind. If you're, you know, if you're in that situation, that's really hard. If you really do feel alone, like for example, hi, we're always here in the DMs and there are just so many online communities that you could tap into and to feel like you have someone to talk to about all this stuff as you're coming out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I wish I had that. Honestly, I feel like I've um, made some incredible online connections with people who I haven't even met in person, but we talk about everything. So you can really build that type of bond when you guys like still have the same experiences or even if you don't like even if it's just like you're speaking with an ally who is just like a really good listener and wants to learn and is like educated and um it works both ways for each of these self-care tips i want to ask you if you put that into action when you were coming out and if you didn't how you wish you would have okay that's actually really good i love that sarah thank you so much So keeping your support team close. When I first came out, it wasn't really a good experience. I think I've mentioned this before. Um, When I first came out as bisexual to a couple of my friends, it wasn't really taken in the way I had hoped. So to be honest, that like shut me out even more. And it's not like I said, my friends were homophobic people. I just, they didn't believe me. (laughs) So because my friends didn't believe me or a couple of them, I don't want to say all of them. It was a couple of them. I shut down. Honestly, I didn't Mm -hmm. feel like my feelings were taken seriously. It was pretty shitty. But when I came out as gay at 25, I really talked about it. I leaned in with my family. I leaned on my family for support. I told my friends about everything. So it was definitely a different experience coming out. I guess at that point, it would have been the fourth time. Oh my God. When, so for that first experience that didn't go very well, did you feel like you didn't really have anyone to lean on? Yeah. I actually didn't feel like I did. That's hard, P. And that's probably, I was probably wrong. Honestly, I think um, I could have, I could have been more open with some people, but I think I just, there was some like switch in me that just decided to shove it away. Yeah, I get it. And you were young, like 18 is really young. But I'm really glad that by 25, you you leaned into it. Like you really got open with your family specifically. Very. And I, I mean, I had had a lot of years of figuring it out too. I think me at 18, I was still unsure a little bit. So when someone says like, oh no, you, you seem like a dick kind of girl. I was like, oh, well, maybe I am. And th- that sounds so dumb, but like I truly believed it. I was like, oh, maybe I meant to be with boys. I've only really liked boys when I was like outwardly have been like liking boys, having crushes on boys. Well, and you're so impressionable at that age. I would have totally had the same experience as you. I would I would have questioned myself. And that sucks a lot. It really sucked. Honestly, that was probably one of the worst like experiences. And I'm not trying to sound like dramatic, but it was I'll never forget that day. And it was very uh, yeah. And it was very traumatizing. And to be honest, mm-hmm. I brushed over it so quick. I didn't stop my friends to say, well, why would you say that? No. Why would you say you think I'm a dick kind of girl and no, you're not bi? 
But instead, I just didn't say anything because I was too nervous. I was like non-confrontational. I didn't want to start anything. Of course. And you don't, and you know, you probably didn't feel confident enough in yourself yet to stand up for yourself in any, in any capacity, because this was the first time you were mentioning this to anyone. So you're going into it so vulnerable. And then to have that vulnerability, just like stomped on. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think, I don't, I think it would take a very, very, very strong person to be able to feel so sure in that moment to stand up for themselves to their best friends. Like, like, yeah, that's tough girl. It was, it was, but it's okay. Like I said, it wasn't all my friends. (laughs) It was really just a couple people. I know. And I was like, I know, but it's definitely a good reminder for anyone listening who in the future is going to have someone coming out to them. Like we say this all the time to like listen, but also believe, just believe the person um, and take take what happened to Persis as like, I mean, I don't know, maybe the silver lining is that it's a learning lesson for everyone listening to not do the opposite, to do the opposite of what your friends did because look how much it can hurt. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Purse. Sarah. Love you. I love you. Oh, I know. Sorry, I wish I, I was little, there. I got a little like sad. Well, it is sad. It is sad. And we shouldn't brush over how sad it is. We shouldn't be like, oh, it's all good though. Yeah. Because it's not. And it st- obviously still feels like shitty. So I don't think that it should be sugarcoated. No, you're right. It's so interesting because I feel like every time I bring it up, I like I'm reminded of how shitty it felt. So I think that's why I'm like, oh, damn, girl. For sure. And you didn't process it at the time. No. So, so right. So there's probably still a lot of it kind of like left in your body where you're like angry and like sad. Mm -hmm. Totally. I think it's because I always know, like, I would never react to someone in that way. Like truly, truly I wouldn't. And you know what? Maybe I'm not saying I've been perfect in terms of like receiving news from people or whatever the case is, but I think that Whenever it has to do with someone's life, I really try hardest, my hardest to not be like, I'm going to tell them how they feel. Right. You have to just be open. It's not my life. Yeah. And as a rule of thumb, you should probably never tell someone how they feel um, because you don't know how they feel. Only they can know. Uh, I've fallen into that trap before of like thinking I know how someone feels better than they do. And it's just, it's not a good trap to fall into. If you feel like you're falling down that well, crawl out of it because you, you're you not helping anyone by telling them who they are or what they feel. Absolutely not. Nope. <laughs> and I can tell you with confidence, Persis Abraham, you are not a dick kind of girl. So hopefully that feels good to hear at age 26. It does. It feels really good to hear. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Another self-care tip for coming out is to set boundaries. Set boundaries. Y'all set your boundaries when needed. I feel like boundaries also is maybe like a little bit of a like um, buzzword these days, but it's also so important. And by the way, when I'm saying these things are buzzwords, I'm not even saying it in a bad way. I think that they're buzzwords for a reason because we should be aware of all these things and they're important. So 
even though you might feel super lucky to have the people in your life show you support after you come out, and we hope that's the case, we hope that happens for you if you're thinking about coming out, sometimes that support can actually feel like really overwhelming. And even though you you felt ready to come out, that doesn't mean that you're ready to like talk about all the things yet. It still might be something that you're like kind of uncomfortable with. Like this is a really good example that Persis gave is, you know, it's so common for someone to come out and then for their friend to be like, oh my God, I have to set you up with my gay cousin. You'll be like the perfect match. Yes. Just because they're gay. That's right. very common. Totally. And sure, the, the gay cousin might be cute for sure, but it's okay if you're not ready for that. And if you need to set up like a little bit of a boundary, like if you're not comfortable with the speed at which the people around you want you to move, set up a little bit of a, a wall to protect yourself and to nurture yourself during this like fragile time. And um, because only you get to decide what you're comfortable with during this time. And just because you're technically out, that doesn't mean that you want to focus on being a gay person 24-7. Like, you know, it doesn't need to be your whole, your whole identity, everything you talk about, everything you think about. Like, it's just a part of who you are. And you, you can go through that journey of discovering that at any pace you want. And I think if you feel like your support system is trying to push you in a different pace, whether it's slower or faster that you're not comfortable with, tell those people about your boundaries. Yes. A hundred percent. And how would you suggest someone like tell someone about their boundaries? Yeah, I think that's fair. Honestly, I think um, just being openly communicative about it, you can say like, I'm still processing this. Like it's got to be a bit of a slower process and be like, I'll let you know when I'm like really excited to start dating or I'll let you know if I want you to set me up with someone, if you know anybody make it very much like you're the ball, like you, you were in control of this because it's your life. Right. Mm -hmm. And I understand like your friends or your family or whoever it is might mean well when they're like, Oh my God, we want to set you up with this person or we want to talk about it. I want to talk to you about like sex and relationships and love and dating. But for, as a baby gay coming out, you might be like, I am panicking like this. I, I'm still dealing with like um, internalized homophobia and compulsory heterosexuality. There's a lot happening in this little head. I think just openly communicate, be like, I love you. And I, I see where you're coming from and I know it's from a good place, but it just needs to be slower for me. I love that. Yeah. Leading with love in that. And oh, that hurt. <laughs> Sarah punched her desk. I literally just punched my desk. Oh, kind of hurt. Anyway. Yeah. Leading with love. Like not, not, it doesn't have to be a scary confrontational conversation. I totally agree. It can just be like, I'm still processing. I think, I think even that is so powerful. Like if, if, a, if I was pushing a friend too far without realizing it and they sat me down and they were like, I just need you to know, like, I'm still processing. That would be like a huge light bulb for me of like, okay, I need to step back. I need to like calm down a little bit. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Just communicate. Right. Cause like, and I love that you said lead with love. I think that's so beautiful because uh, I stole it from one of our guests, Ali Patel. Oh, that that's their like motto is lead to lead with love. Um, oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, don't be sorry. I um I just didn't want to take credit for such a beautiful motto mantra. I love it. Well, 
that's how I actually look into many situations is that if you approach someone in a kind way and you just, cause you know, their intentions are good. Yeah. You know, most exactly. of the time it will be most of the time if they're trying. Yeah. I'd hope so. Um, so yeah, just be honest. And you're so right. If someone came up to me and was like, I'm still processing, I'd be like, don't need to say anything else. Like I actually get it. Come to me. I get it. I know. I feel like I do have a tendency to like get a little overly excited, not specifically in this scenario, like someone coming out to me, but just in general, I get really like hyper. So I for sure been in situations where someone's been like, you just, can you just calm down? (laughs) And I'm like, honestly, true. I don't know if I ever felt that you, you did that with me. Like in general or in relation to your sexuality? In relation to my sexuality. I think also like it was interesting like being your bestie during that whole time because you first came out as bi and then came out as gay. So it was it was like a very gradual journey of like discovering yourself. So it didn't feel like the the right thing for to be like pushing girls on you, you know what I mean? Or like like because you were still very interested in men and going on dates with men. So I think yeah. because it was such like a such like a gradual journey to where you are now, it definitely wasn't like the right vibe for me to be like, but if there was a cute girl, I would definitely let you know. And I guess when I came out as gay at 25, I feel like you already knew. Yeah. <laughs> so like like it had for been sure. like at all like I think for that whole year especially I think it was just it was all like a very gradual process like I didn't have to sit Sarah down and be like Sarah I'm gay. No, you didn't. You didn't. In fact, I don't think you ever sat me down. Um, I right. What I, <laughs> I didn't. No, and it, and it wasn't. I just want to clarify. It wasn't me sitting there for years being like, Persis is so obviously gay and she's just not admitting it. It was very much just like when Persis did come out as gay, it wasn't a surprise. I was like, that makes perfect sense. Cool. It wasn't It wasn't like, finally. <laughs> it did feel exciting because it felt very true to you. It felt very authentic and it felt like it matched what you had been going through in your love life. So like I really... I was like super excited about that because you were struggling so much with like all of your relationships with men just weren't like there was no there was no spark happening and I think that was really frustrating for you even though like you liked them and thought they were cute it, but none of not, your whole journey like none of it was um like this crazy supercharged emotional um moment Did that you know what I mean there wasn't like a big climax it was just kind of like well there were a few climaxes there were a few I'm climaxes sure. i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway moving on what's our next self-care tip for coming out percy p oh one thing i was gonna say really quick is that did i set boundaries for myself oh sorry <laughs> it was my idea and i skipped right past it yeah persis remember my idea that you tried to just breeze past. Can you please tell us? Did you set boundaries or did you not? I, I'm going to be honest. I don't think I really needed to. Is that a weird thing to say? I think it's because I, I don't really know how to word this, but I'm just, I never really felt like overwhelmed about the idea of being into women, especially when honestly at first when I came out as bi, 
that felt like a very, that felt very true to me. And it almost felt like not so overwhelming in a way, because I think we've talked about this before, where sometimes like the label gay at the time to me just felt very scary. I think maybe if I came out as gay at 18, I would have been like, which labels are, we've talked about like the label thing so much. It can make, it can definitely box you in. Mm-hmm. But I never, I never felt overwhelmed or anything. If anything, I actually enjoyed talking about like women to other people, especially as like coming out as bi at the time. And then by the time I came out as gay, all I wanted to do, all I wanted to do was talk about girls. Well, yeah, I think you were so excited about the prospect of dating women that it wasn't as overwhelming for you. <laughs> yeah. You were just jacked up about it. I was. But I do think that you might have had to set some boundaries because of your friend's reaction that we just talked about. Um, so your friends had like the opposite reaction of what what we're discussing. It, it wasn't like, a, oh, great, let me set you up with all the cute girls at school. It was the opposite. So in that way, I would imagine that it would have actually been helpful for you to set some boundaries there in terms of like um, what you felt comfortable talking to them about after that point. Because if it was me... I would then set up a boundary of like, well, maybe I shouldn't talk to them about this um, for a while because they clearly aren't ready to hear it and they clearly aren't ready to support me. And you know what's really funny is I don't remember what happened after that. Yeah. I don't don't remember what I talked to them about. Like I Mm. weirdly blacked it out. I don't know. I don't know. Talked about girls after that. No clue. But it would have been good for me to do that, maybe. Maybe I maybe I subconsciously did that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I'm not saying it's like a good idea to it would have been a good idea for you to put that boundary up with them. I'm just saying like I might have wanted to do that because I felt so let down by them in the moment. It's just it's about like protecting yourself too. So I don't know. You it maybe like the listeners can think about boundaries in that way too. Like if if someone has a really negative response to you coming out then that also might require some sort of boundary in terms of like what you talk to them about, the times, sorry, the time you're spent, the quality of time you're spending with them, whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Okay, Purse, what's our next um, tip for self-care when you're coming out? So this is really tough. (laughs) This is like really hard for like someone to say this to you because you're going to be like, shut up. What do you mean? Um, (laughs) So true. But really, really try not to take the reactions of people like too personally, because some reactions are not going to be what you want them to be. Some of them are going to really, really suck. Um, Whether it be like someone might uh, act, react angrily, which would be like really, really unfortunate. It could be awkward. Or there's definitely people who will say like, oh, I already knew that. And they almost like downplay it which I also think is not a good thing. I feel like some friends think they're being a really good friend when they go, oh, who cares? Cool. But no, if someone's coming out to you and they're excited, be excited with them. Like celebrate it. You know what I mean? So someone downplaying it is, can also be very damaging. Yeah, I think also downplaying it can sometimes be a reaction. Just speaking from the straight perspective, I think a lot of straight people downplay it as a way to almost I think it's I think it's connected to internalized homophobia. It's like, "Oh, if I downplay it, then that that proves how non-homophobic I am." It's almost like a backwards way of like 
they're they're too scared to celebrate it because they have this internalized homophobia. But as long as they say, oh, no big deal. I don't, I don't care. I don't care who's gay. I don't care if you're gay. Then it's like, okay, good. They don't think I'm homophobic. Um, it's, it's complex, but I think that's where a lot of straight people's minds go. Um, and like, y'all, we, we should celebrate it. We should get really excited that this person felt comfortable to share it with us. Yeah, for sure. And it's everyone's individual journey. So like, if it's a big deal to them, make it a big deal for you too, you know? Um, yeah, because then you might feel a little bit like, okay, like, did they hear me? Right? Like, I, you know? It cannot be as inviting. And even if it is the most obvious thing in the world, that doesn't mean that the person who's coming out hasn't sat there for years thinking, working themselves up to this moment of saying it out loud. Like you don't know what they've been through and the journey that they've gone through. So it doesn't matter how quote unquote obvious it is. Agreed. Um, Just like listen, believe, and celebrate. LBC. Oh, yes, girl. LBC. Listen, be proud. Cooperate. (laughs) Purses. Are you kidding? Wait. (laughs) What did you say? I can't breathe. What did you say? I can't breathe. I said, I said, listen. I said, listen, believe, celebrate. <laughs> and you said, you said, yes, listen, be proud, cooperate. <laughs> you can't cut this out. This is too good. No. This is proof, guys. Proof that she does not listen to me. She pretends to listen to me. She pretends. And then when the time comes. Where did I come up with that? Girl, I don't know, but I didn't say those words. I said, listen, believe, and celebrate. L-B-C. And I said, listen, be proud. Cooperate. (laughs) Cooperate's the funniest one. Am I good? I don't know what's going on in my head right now. Honestly, I think you just short-circuited in your brain. (laughs) To be fair, like... Cooperate and celebrate sound really close to each other. Be proud and believe like a little further up. Okay. I'll keep it in because I'm not fake. <laughs> I mean, you don't want the people to think you're fake. No. Oh my but gosh. I know the truth. I'm really When fake. you're fake listening to me, for, I, for example. <laughs> I think my mind was like listening, but it went clearly somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> that was so great. That was so good. <clears throat> anyway. I'm not better. Moving on. One thing I did want to point out, though, too, is that sometimes people do need time to process. And I think we also need to remember that as the person who is coming out. And like, it doesn't mean that. Sorry, I'm still laughing, sir. Because I was being so serious. Sorry, go on, go on, go on. Go on. Okay, I'm done laughing. I'm done. I just wanted to say that they might not have like known what to say. They could have been surprised, but that doesn't always mean that they don't support you and that your relationship with them will change. Sometimes people just aren't the best at communicating and they might be like, I don't really know what to say. So just like, don't take it personally. And just remember that like, 
you told your story, you're still coming out, you're really brave. And that takes a lot of balls. So be proud of yourself. Absolutely. And if you get a negative reaction, try not to take that personally either. Oh God, that's so hard to do. But those aren't the people that you need in your life. The ones who accept you and love you and support you, those are the ones who are always going to be there and who are going to lift you up. Um, And man, it is so much easier said than done. It's so easy for me to sit here, especially as like a straight girl, to be like, hey, if someone doesn't react well, cut them out of your life or whatever. Like, obviously, that's not super realistic. But you know what we're trying to say, guys. Just, like, take stock of the people in your life and how they respond. And maybe it's time to clear out some of your inventory, um, if you know what we mean. Because there are people who are going to love you and support you out there in the world. And if you don't have them right now, you should go find them. Yes. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. You're giving me um, a lot of compliments today. Because I love you. Oh, baby. I'm blushing. I can tell. Um, Persis, how about for you? When you came out, did you take people's reactions personally? Um, I actually want to say that, yeah, I did. I definitely did. There were certain people who I didn't really care about. Um, I did get some negative reaction from some extended family who I'm not very close with. So I think when it was people who I don't consider to be very close, it was very easy for me to kind of be like, no. But to be honest, I didn't receive, like like I said, necessarily a lot of like negative, negative reaction that was so outwardly like there that it really affected me. Like I said, I think in the beginning when I first came out, it was more confusion I think for even my mom at the, like when I came out to her the first time, I think she still felt like I was maybe more like heavily leaning towards men and there was some unlearning she had to do. Um, and even with my friends, when they didn't believe me at first, I think that eventually over time they were like, okay, now those two people definitely know I'm hella gay. So <laughs> yeah, they do. But uh, no, I did take it personally. So I definitely didn't do this form of self-care. I cared a lot. What um, do you think, looking back, you could have done to maybe take it less personally, if anything? I think I should have like given myself some more. Um, uh, what's the word? Uh, hold on, I'm just trying to find a way to word this properly. Yeah. I think I should have just really believed myself and owned my feelings because I knew they were real. And I knew what I felt deep down, but I wasn't trusting myself. So I think the moment you trust yourself and you have that inner confidence, it won't really matter what other people think because you're like, well, this is me and I can't change it. Totally. Yeah. I think that's actually very insightful. Yeah. If you had a bit more, yeah, if you had a bit more trust, self-love, all that stuff, self-belief, maybe you could have like stood a little taller in your a little more confident in your um, identity. But it's also totally normal that you didn't have those things yet because you were just a little baby. Mm-hmm. And I was really scared. It scared yeah. me. Yeah, of course. And you had a lot more to discover and a lot more to explore. And you just really wanted to wait and explore all of that with me by your side. 
Yes. Um, and so I don't blame you. And I think like that's ultimately what led you to this place that you're in today. Yeah. So thank you, Sarah. Thank you for yeah. changing my life. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, we all kind of knew it. Like you didn't really have to like say it. We all kind of knew, but it feels nice to hear. It feels nice to hear it out loud. Well, I need to give you the recognition you deserve. That's right. Say it one more time for the people in the back. Okay, I'll say it verbatim. (laughs) Okay, our next self-care tip for coming out is to journal. And guys, journaling is um, such an underrated form of self-care. I feel I personally love to journal. Um, sometimes I fall off it and other times I'm I'm really on top of it. It just depends on the time in my life. Um, but if you don't journal yet, we highly recommend it. Just write about your experience with coming out. Write about anything and everything. Who you told, when you told them, where you were when you told them, how it felt to say the words out loud, how the person reacted to you, whether the experience was what you hoped for or not. Um Putting all of that down on paper is going to feel so good. And one thing that I always think about with journaling is like an older me looking back on my journal entries. Like Mm, I think that's a, it's a nice kind of like um, motivator to journal because sometimes you're like, oh, I know I should journal, but I don't feel like it. But whenever I'm in that headspace, I always think about like Sarah in five years looking back and reading that and being like, wow, cool. Like, that's what she was feeling in that moment. Like that's how she processed that. Oh man, it's been five years and I've totally like, I'm a totally different person in this regard or that regard. And it's really cool to see your growth happen. So if you can write about this really exciting and scary moment in your life and then look back years later and be like, man, now I'm a, now I'm a proud, confident gay woman. And like, I mean, think about it, Purse, if you could look back on, your 18 year old journal entries and be like, wow, have I grown and just congratulate yourself and also think about how much like love you want to give to that younger version of yourself and how Mm -hmm. you can still give it to yourself now, even though that younger version of yourself is in the past. But also journaling is just a great way to process your emotions in the moment. So I'm always thinking about the future when I journal, but also thinking about the present. Like that's mainly what it's for. Um, So yeah, guys, grab a pen, grab a journal and let it out. Let it out. Let it out. I really wish I did journal when I was 18. I definitely didn't, but that would have been very, very beneficial for me. What I did do though, is I used my Tumblr account. So sometimes, you know what? I don't have a journal to look back at but I can look back at my old Tumblr reposts. They were all the quotes, all the lovey-dovey quotes, the sad quotes. And I can remember exactly what young Purse was feeling around that time and how much she's grown. But I think it would have been really juicy if I had like my journal at 18. I could only imagine what I would have, what I would have written. Yeah. And I, this is also um, something to think about. If you're listening to this and you're like, ugh, I hate writing or like I hate the physical act of writing or I just don't like to write in general, like I'm not a good writer. There are other ways to think about journaling. You can leave yourself voice notes, like open your voice note app on your phone and leave yourself like a journal voice note. You know what I mean? Um, 
And you can you can come back to that at any point. And I think it's a great way to get your emotions out. Person I voice note all the time. And it's really helpful when we're in like an in-depth conversation about something going on in our lives. Sometimes like that's one of the main ways I get my feelings out is by talking it through with purse on voice note and then finishing the conversation and realizing we've like actually worked through something together. Um, so yeah, there, there are different ways to think about journaling if you're like, I just really hate to write. Yeah. Voice noting, it can be like a therapy session. So it's really good. Even if it is just to yourself, if like Sarah said, if you just need to like get something out, um, it can feel really nice to talk, just talk it out. Cause you're getting it out of your system. Sometimes you need to. Amen, Stefan. What's next, Percy Benzie Bears? This is actually one of my favorites, is to talk, to talk to a queer mentor for guidance. So honestly, I could have used this when I was 18. Like I would have been, it, it would have been incredible for me. Maybe there's someone in your office where you work or someone in school who you know is part of the community. Or one of my favorite things is social media. You know, maybe hit up someone who's like a little bit more local so they're attainable and, you know, DM them. You know what? You can ask them anything. Ask them for some advice if you need someone to talk to. Maybe there's like a certain scenario where you just need their insight because they've gone through that exact same thing or something similar. And I mean, the one thing I'll say is like, don't be shy and don't be afraid to do this. Like as someone like me who identifies as gay and I've been through it. I actually get really excited when people reach out to me for advice because I'm like, I want to hear what's going on. And I would have loved that if I had someone to kind of voice note me back and forth or send like messages. Um, I've definitely actually like made some friends throughout it, like through this online community. So they just remember like that person has been in your position before and they would love to help you out. I also think that sometimes your mentor can actually be someone that you that you don't actually have a relationship with in some ways. Like for you, Purse, we've talked about this a bunch on the pod. Cami Scott, who, if you guys don't know, is a um, really well-known queer femme-presenting um, YouTuber and influencer and content creator. And Purse has discovered her during her whole coming out journey. And I think in like a weird way, Cami Scott was like a queer mentor for you. She provided you without you ever having spoken to her. Or wait, did you meet her once? Or did I make that up? I've never met Cami. No. Oh, okay. Um, but without you guys ever even having a relationship, she really kind of like showed you what was possible. She made you feel seen. She made you feel like you um, could be gay and it was possible. And I think like in retrospect, you, you probably totally could have reached out to her. Um, yeah, I could have. Did, I never did. You, did. you never did? Yeah. So, I mean, I agree with you. Like, don't be shy and reach out to these people that inspire you. But also like you can kind of in a way have these mentors in life that you don't even really like talk to that just really inspire you and make you feel like you're not alone. Oh, for sure. Actually, that's really true. I think Cammy was very like – a very important like figure in my life, having not met her or like had any type of relationship with her. But I loved her content. I loved like watching her relationships because I was like, yeah, it's just showing me that that's possible. And at that time, I wasn't seeing that in my real world. I mean, times have changed now. Like now I've been seeing it. But I think before my world just felt so small, like when I was totally young, like 2021. 
you know, it was so hetero. So true. So, oh my God. So hetero. So YouTube was such an escape for me. And then it's cool that it's come full circle. And now there are people who have reached out to you for mentorship and guidance and you provided that. So, oh man, what a beautiful, it's a circle of life. It really is. You want to know something actually really funny? Side note. Yeah. Um, okay. So I started watching this new show called The Principles of Pleasure. It's on Netflix. Oh, okay. I love it so far. It's all about like of course sex, you do. getting to know your body, anatomy, everything. Amazing. You would love it, Sarah. You should watch it. Okay, um, I will. But this made me laugh because uh, one scene, they were talking about masturbation and they were like, just basically saying like, all you really need is your hands. Like, yes, it's like amazing to use toys, but if it's just you and your hand, like that's all good. Yeah. And the, the host is a comedian and she just like said, um, she's like, yeah, so when you're just having a night to yourself, use your hand and turn on that Lion King soundtrack. And then <laughs> all of a sudden, wait, what? <laughs> the opening of the Lion King soundtrack just started playing and I just died because I was like, imagine like, imagine like Sarah, when you and I were roommates, imagine if I went to go like masturbate in my room and you just heard the Lion King soundtrack. That's too much. That's entirely too much. Wait, do you not listen to it? Can you just, oh, no. And I'm embarrassed to say it. Like, apparently that's what everyone else is listening to. Can you please drop, like, just the beginning of it, of the circle of life in here? Who's the narrator? Who is she? Michelle Bateau. I think that's oh. how you say her last name. Okay. But like, um, you know how I have my twirly playlist? Y'all follow. Of course. Of course. What if I put the circle of life in it? I would, <laughs> I would die. I would actually start laughing. I can't. But should I? Maybe I'll do it. Maybe, maybe that would be nice. Like maybe it's a nice, it's always kind of fun. Like, like a little bit of a laugh. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> And it is the circle of life. Like it's, you know, it works on many levels. It's pretty meta. Yeah, it is. I'm I'm totally adding that, guys. Don't judge me. <laughs> oh, that is too good. It's the circle of life, baby. Um, Sarah, what else can people do to self-care after coming out? Um, they can move at their own pace. Uh, because listen. Now that you're part of the LGBTQ plus community, you might not be sure where you fit in exactly, um, and that's super normal. So you might be reading up on the history of the queer community, the culture, the movements. You might be participating in Pride Month and other types of events, um, and that's a lot to take in as a baby gay. So this is like a whole new world. Um, uh, okay, Disney. A whole new Disney world. <laughs> You should put that on the playlist. That's a better one. A hundred thousand point view. Thousand things to see. Sorry, thousand things. As I said, point of view, I knew it was wrong. Yeah. Um, 
Anyway, and there's a whole new group of diverse people that you're aligning with, and it's super exciting, but it can also be really overwhelming and intimidating. So just make sure you're moving at your own pace. Take it slow if you need to, um, and keep checking in with yourself to see how you're feeling about all of the excitement. And also give yourself time to process all the emotions that are coming up. Um, and this this um, applies to like before you come out too. Like if you're gearing up to maybe come out to someone and you're really kind of like sitting in it and thinking about it, like please take it at whatever pace feels good to you. Don't feel like you need to rush. Just because you're thinking about doing it doesn't mean you have to like do it tomorrow. So take your time at all stages and like soak it in. Soak in this juicy, juicy time. Like yeah, sit in it. And if, and if it's uncomfortable to sit in, that's even better because the more we sit in our discomfort, the more we grow. So sit in that shit and play your Disney soundtracks and just celebrate and enjoy the weird, weird, wonderful time that it is. I love that, Sarah. Good advice. I like sit in your discomfort. A lot of people don't want to do that. And you only grow when you're uncomfortable. It's true. Absolutely. And I just, I'll be the first to say that there are many, many times in my life when I don't sit in my discomfort because it's so uncomfy and weird and gross, but you know, I know that I should. So I'm giving that advice to myself as well. (laughs) Purse, do you feel like you moved at your own pace when you were coming out, during all your coming out experiences? Um, yeah, I did. Good. I I did. Mm -hmm. Good for you. (laughs) Next. (laughs) There's not much else to say other than, um, yeah, I think I did. I like, I never felt this like, uh, like rush to do it per se. And I actually think I did like when I was feeling things, I would sit and really think about it, especially when I did start discovering like other queer content creators and, um, I was like going to pride events and stuff like that. This feels very nice. And as much as it was scary at at points to be like, is this going to be me? I was like, I kind of love that it's going to be me. So. That makes me happy. That makes me smile. And smile. Another um, self-care tactic that you should do after you come out is to always continue to learn about yourself. Because now that you're open with your sexual identity, you might be feeling like, okay, now what? But you know what? This is a great chance for you to try new things that you never let yourself do before you came out. You should express yourself in a way that feels most authentic to you. So it could be anything, like maybe going out to new clubs and maybe there's some like hobbies you want to take up as like a new baby gay, but you never wanted to do it up until then. Maybe you weren't ready to draw attention to yourself or have anyone draw conclusions about your sexuality based on your looks, the music you like, or what you like to do for fun. No one should be doing that, but we all know people and we know society. People love to judge. So if you feel comfortable exploring those interests now, we are so excited for you because because you should do it. I mean, I will say that there were definitely things I learned about myself as I continued to come out. Um, And a lot of it actually has to do with my style, which I was a big one for me. And it's been really exciting. To just explore like new ways to dress? Yes. Cool. I love that. Do you feel like the, the ways you're exploring just feel more authentic to you? Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just think it's like, uh, 
like Justin, even not that I'm saying like this has to be a queer thing, but I think like even me being gay and also like kind of exploring more of like an androgynous style has been really like nice for me to do that because it just feels like me and clothing is very much like an expression. Um, totally. Yeah. And also even like my music taste too. Like now I'm really like, I'm very hyper-focused on trying to find like queer artists because like me as a gay woman wants to like support other gay artists or people in the community. So yeah, it feels nice to do that. Yeah. And I feel like over the past like 10 years, basically, you've been really excited about going to queer bars, queer events, queer just queer spaces or places where queer people are gathering. Another person, back to Kiki Perez, who I mentioned earlier, he's another person who is doing this in real time on his social media. If you guys don't follow him, um, you've got to because he is a baby gay. Like he just came out to the world like last year. Um, and so he's exploring his his queerness in this like new kind of part of his life. And it's in small things. Like um, he's just recently started to experiment with his fingernails. So he's going to, he's going to get his nails done in all sorts of different ways. And he like documents it on his Instagram and like all the things he's learning about getting your nails done that he, he always kind of wanted to try it, but never did because he was closeted. Um, and now he feels like he can step into this like expression of who he is through his nails. And it's just like so fun to follow along and see him going through all of these like really exciting experiences. Yeah, no, I, I do love that. Just like, I don't know. I I get this like warm feeling in my heart when I just see people like finding themselves and it's just like the most beautiful thing. Oh, it really is. I think that's like one of the best parts of doing this pod so far is just like getting to interact with all these people, including you who are like, who have like gone through the process or are going through the process of finding themselves. It's like, a lot of people never do that. They just live their whole life, like never really, just never really stopping to think about who they are. That's so true. Damn. And guys, the last self-care tip for coming out that we would give you is to meet more queers in the community because they're there. If you don't have anyone in your life who you can relate to, like get out there and see um, if you can meet some new friends in the LGBTQ plus community. You might be able to have conversations with them that you're not ready to have with your straight friends yet. Um, and you'll also learn so much about yourself when you're surrounded by people who make you feel 100% comfortable as you are, 100% like you belong, like you're um, like you're one of and that you are safe and seen. Um, and like this is a part of self-care, like surrounding yourself with people who make you feel amazing, that is like, that is totally self-care. I think sometimes we can um, think of self-care as like things we do alone, like going, having a bath and like journaling and meditating and all that stuff is amazing. But it's also a part, it's also about who we surround ourselves with. So it's about asking yourself what you might need in that moment and then doing your best to give yourself that. And if that's, you know, I need more queer friends, more queer people in my life, um, then do it. Go get it done. Find them on the internet. <laughs> go go um, to queer events. I really would love for Girl on Girl to like start hosting queer events in different cities. Yeah, um, like a meetup. A meetup would be so fun. 
yeah, man, like meetups. Oh, that'd be so cool. Um, or even if we have like ambassadors in different cities who run, who run the meetups, um, for us, like if we can't, if we can't get there physically, but anyway, just a side, let us know what you guys think of that. Just like a little sidebar here, brainstorming in real time. But yeah, man, surround yourself with queer friends. I'm so giggly. I'm sorry. That's something that you actually, I feel like kind of struggled with, Percy P. Do you think so or do you not? (laughs) Guys, you can't see the face. I've actually, I don't think I've ever seen Persis make that face. Persis just pouted at me um, with like the poutiest little like lower lip pout you could ever imagine. So you are very correct. And I don't know why, but I wasn't lying when I honestly feel like my early 20s were very hetero. I felt like the people I was surrounding myself were a little bit more hetero. Um, I wasn't making that like active choice to like go and seek community. Um, and that's not to say I didn't have any gay friends. Like I definitely, you know, was always friends with Kyle and I want to shout out my friend Sarah. And even someone who I worked with at the restaurant was a lesbian. So like that stuff was great, but I felt like I wasn't actively like trying to like even get to know their friends a little bit more or maybe be like, hey, I would like love to meet some more queer women, whatever the case is. I feel like I still kind of shelved it away. Um, But what's really interesting is right before COVID started, I made it a goal. I was like, I need to make more queer friends and I want to like have more of a queer community and COVID happened. So I was like, okay, great. Now what do I do? But it gave me more. That's so unlucky. It was, but I also want to say it wasn't unlucky because it actually gave me an opportunity to meet people online and actually like make friendships with those people online. And also like starting the podcast was like the best thing to do. Like we're connecting with so many queer people. So in a way, so true. That did come true. Yeah. Yes. So true. So, so true. And I think like, all of all of these self-care tips that we've gone through, if, um, like your experience in them, for a lot of them has been like a journey. It hasn't been just like <laughs> the only one that you were like, yes, I did that was um, like moving at your own pace. But for most of these things, guys, like it's going to be a journey. And just like Persis said with, you know, making more queer friends, like it's not always going to be instantaneous. Sometimes it's like, a to Z back to A again and then jumping over to to J. Like it's not always going to be linear. So, um, you know, give yourself some grace and make those goals for yourself. But, you know, don't be too hard on yourself if it doesn't come right away. Yes. No, that, it's true. Always don't be too hard on yourself at all. It's It's you. Love you. Love you. If you are listening and you are an ally or you're just anyone who has had someone come out to them or is maybe is going to have someone come out to them in the future, as we said earlier, LBC, right? Persis, what does that stand for? Listen, believe, celebrate. That's right. That's correct. But according um, to me, I said, what did I even say? You said, listen, be proud, cooperate. <laughs> So yeah, first things first, listen, like how Persis doesn't listen to me, do the opposite of that. Listen to what they're saying to you. Then you need to believe, you know, the opposite of what Persis does to me, like she doesn't believe in me. 
um, and my acronyms, but you need to believe in the person who's coming out to you. B believe that they are what they say they are. Oh my God, it's so simple. <laughs> it almost makes me chuckle a little bit, but it's pretty funny. Really, really important to remember. And then C stands for, what does it stand for, Persis? Cooperate. Just kidding. Yes. Celebrate. Oh, okay. You have to celebrate. Just do the opposite once again of Persis doesn't really like celebrate me and all the things that I bring into her life. So like do the opposite. Celebrate that the person is coming out to you and they are saying they are queer. How great is that? Don't say it's no biggie. Don't say, oh yeah, I already knew that. Celebrate it because it's exciting and make them feel like just make them feel good, man. Like, you know, there's nothing worse than when you're excited about anything in life and you go to tell someone and they're not as excited and you're, you're just like so deflated. Yeah. So just make them, give them that, like make them feel good. And also educate yourself after the person has come out to you. Take your time, process it. Um, but also if some education needs to happen, go seek it out. Um, there's a little podcast on the internet called Girl on Girl Podcast, and they it's like these two girls, and they talk to each other about this kind of stuff all the time, like what straight people can do to be better allies, and you know how all of us can learn more about the queer community. So you should check them out. Um, and yeah, that's that's uh, that's it. You should check them out. You should take them out to dinner. You should take them out for drinks. Um, we've heard that they really love Indian food. And Italian food. Those are probably their two favorites, would you say? Yeah, that's probably their two favorites, if I'm guessing. Maybe Thai? Yeah, I'm just guessing. Um, so, you know, if you're choosing a restaurant, maybe choose, like, the nicest of those cuisines in your city. I know one of them um, really loves Im Thai on College Street. Yeah, yeah. One of them. Only when it's not too spicy. Because <laughs> she has enough spicy in her life. That's right. I have my spicy peak. <laughs> Raptors joke for all of your Raptors fans out there. Anything else you want to say about self-care per CP before we jump on over to the end of the episode? Honestly, guys, all I want to say is... <laughs> I just took a really deep breath. Honestly, all I want to say is that be proud of yourselves. I think we all tend to forget like all the unlearning that we have to do as queer people isn't easy, you know? Like, we're just trying to be ourselves. And unfortunately, our society is so heteronormative that no matter what, you can be the most confident in who you are, but you still have to face society and you still have to face judgment and you still have to face, like, people might not be happy with how you're presenting yourself. So I just want you guys to know that that self-care is very important. You're so strong. You're so brave. And most importantly, you are so loved. You are like the most loved ever. And we at Girl on Girl Podcast absolutely love you and support you. We believe you. We educate ourselves. We're going to listen to you and we're going to celebrate you. Persis, that was amazing. I have literally nothing to add. And that never happens. Usually you leave me feeling very lackluster and like the something needs to be said, added, you know what I mean? But I think that was beautifully said. I think we should print out verbatim what you just said and frame it and put it on a wall. Do you want me to just say it again? Yeah, verbatim. <laughs> 
honestly, guys, like just rewind a little bit and listen to that one more time because I want that to like soak into all of our bones a little bit and take it with you. Wherever you are right now in the world, if you're listening to us in the car or maybe you're on a walk or a jog or maybe you're doing the dishes or cleaning the house, whatever, wherever you are, take that message with you, please, for the rest of the day, for the rest of the week, for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life, yes. So important that you remember how loved we are. And you guys, just remember. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying anything. You used up all your words. You used up all your words. I'm not saying anything no, else. No more left. Okay, well, I love you, Percy P, and I hope that you, um, I hope that you get some good self-care in this week. Aw, I love you too. <laughs> Do you hope I get some self-care in this week or do you really not give a shit? Yeah, um, I got to go. But uh, yeah. But we haven't done In Case You Missed It yet. We'll talk next week. People need In Case You Missed It. We'll talk next week, okay? But the people, the people though. Okay, bye. All right, In Case You Missed It is not a very fun In Case You Missed It today, but we got to talk about it. So we've talked about the Don't Say Gay Bill on the pod already. You all know what it is. If you don't, um, this legislation basically bans instruction about sexual orientation and gender identity in grades kindergarten all the way through third, and it doesn't allow any sort of instruction or education in the classroom that is not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate, that's in air quotes, for grades 4 to 12. Basically, all of that was just like a more detailed way of saying that in Florida, the Don't Say Gay Bill makes it essentially illegal to talk about queerness in the classroom. So, (laughs) yeah, obviously that's – you know, there are a lot of, like, explicit words I could use, um, but it is bad. Is very bad. Just a few days ago, Florida's governor, Ron DeStantis, signed the Don't Say Gay Bill into law. After months of protest, it was signed into law in Florida. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so My heart hurts. We had a lot of thoughts. We're really upset about this. Our heart hurts. And someone else also had a lot of thoughts who we absolutely love and adore. Matt Bernstein, who also goes by Matt Ziv. We think that's the pronunciation on Instagram. He goes by a queer Jew with very long nails. I just wanted to say that really quickly. I absolutely Oh my God. We love him so much. But Matt had some very like insightful... um, and a very insightful take on his post that I just wanted to read out to you. He had it as a carousel. His caption just simply said, some thoughts, dot, 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 fuck you at the Ron DeStantis's Insta, which I kind of want to mm-hmm. creep. It's probably just some political BS. Absolutely it is. But in a, in a, um, I'll read some of the slides to you guys. Um, The first one says, your queer kids will be queer regardless of whether or not you let them talk about it. Yep. Yada. Another one says, your gay kids will be gay regardless of whether or not you let them talk about it in school. You know how I know that? 
because I was never taught about anything LGBTQ related in school. No gay picture books, no gay history, no stories about kids with two dads or two moms. I went through exclusively heterosexual sex ed programs every year from fifth grade until graduation. And here I am, queer as hell. Yeah. I mean, queerness hasn't been a part of of school or curriculum um, forever. Like, only recently was queerness, like, included in the classroom. And th- everyone's gay. <laughs> and you know what? When you're not learning in school, this is what can happen, and this is what Matt said. You know what happens when kids don't learn about themselves in school? They go looking elsewhere. They go looking in online chat rooms. They go looking on Twitter. They go looking in porn. They lie about their age and see things that were made for adults. And they do that because they were excluded in mainstream spaces to the point where the only place they felt seen were fringe corners of the internet that's not built for children. Mm, Every Every LGBTQ person knows what I'm talking about. So you're not protecting kids. You're sending them to places that aren't safe because they're trying to seek out their own information because they can't go to the places that are quote unquote safe spaces like a school. Totally. Totally. That is so true. And the last slide is very powerful. I love it. In capital letters, it just says, say gay, say lesbian, say bi, say trans, say queer. Say it all, baby. Uh, say it. <laughs> it's like when Fletcher was saying, shh, don't say it. What she really meant was say it as loud as you possibly can. I don't know what's going to happen with this law. I think it feels like one of those laws that's going to be protested and contested a lot. And probably like, I would hope that teachers and educators would find loopholes in the law if possible. Um, I've also seen some really amazing protests from kids at their schools, Um, some walkouts. I posted one on our story actually um, that was really like emotional. Um, Just hundreds of kids walking out of their high school and protesting the bill and just, you know, chanting about how like chanting say gay say gay and allies and queer kids all together um and I, and I do think like even though Florida we all kind of make fun of it um I do think like there are enough the this generation there's enough of them that like hopefully they can inspire some change or maybe find ways to find loopholes right like find ways to talk about um queerness that maybe outside of school or something, you know what I mean? Like I would, def- if it was me, I would go into like solution mode and be like, fine, then I'm going to start a community event that's for all the kids in my school or all the kids in my class. And we're not going to hold it at the school. We're going to hold it at some other place. And we're going to talk about queerness or something like that. You know what I mean? Take action. Agreed. Yeah. And once again, that's very easy for us to say sitting here as, you know, adults in Canada where we can talk about gayness anytime we want. But yeah, we're really sad about this news. I think Matt Bernstein has just, I think what he's saying is so important and so right. And I weirdly still have hope. I think I just have hope in this generation of kids. I'm really trying, but you know what kind of makes me sad? What is 
in one of um, Ron DeSantis's posts where he's actually signing the Education Act. Like today I signed the Parental Rights and Education Act into law, so signing the bill. There's all these kids behind him clapping, like little kids. Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. He's like, you know, every politician does that. They they stage it and they get all these kids together to pretend like everyone's on board. But it's that's not reality. Like he's just a politician doing his politician things. I also feel like I have hope in this generation of parents. Like if you think about it, it's our generation that are the parents of these kids. And I think that we are a more progressive generation than this Ron DeStantis dude um, and his generation. So I think like hopefully (sighs) – hopefully maybe the law will be – what man i definitely don't understand fully understand american politics but it kind of like baffles me that joe biden can't just roll in on his on his silver horse and i don't know why his horse is silver but i don't know why he can't just like ride on in and be like nope not allowed another thing and like give him a little talking to i know i i wish like i would there has to be something Like, there has to be something that, like, someone can do. But um, you would think. There was something else Matt had posted, too. You guys must have seen this post where um, it has, like, what a parent would say. So it says, parents, we do not need to be exposing children to sexuality at such a young age. Then it shows the media they show their kids, which is, like, Disney princesses and Disney princes, like, kissing. It's, like... All we're being fed is heteronormative relationships, and we're being fed like romantic relationships. I'd be seeing Pocahontas making out with John Smith. I'd be seeing Aladdin and Jasmine getting all canoodles on the magic carpet. That's right. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing Sleeping Beauty being asleep, being dead. <laughs> Sleeping Beauty is a really messed up story, and the only way she can. She can come back to life as if a man kisses her without her consent. I've been seeing that. Yeah, and Snow White also had to like same 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 same. She was she dead. like died and then she she was alive again when the prince kissed her. It's like yeah, so yeah. <laughs> you guys get what we're saying? I'm so mad. Did we make our point? <laughs> no, I'm mad too, P. And I think it's good that we're all getting mad. Um, let's keep being mad about this. Let's not just let this slide under the rug. Agreed. Keep sharing, guys. Keep yelling. Keep saying. Keep saying everything. Say it. Say it. Say gay. Say gay. Say lesbian. Say bi. Say pan. Say asexual. Say everything. Say fluid. Did we already say that one? Say non-binary. Say my name, say my name. When no one is around you, say, baby, I love you. If you ain't running games. It's a good way to end it, I, I think. We love you guys. Hope, hope you guys are, if any listeners are from Florida and you want to talk to us about this, shoot us a DM. We'd love to chat with you um, about how you're, how you're doing and what it's like to be there right now. Um, but anyway, I love you, P. I love you, S. Thank you for always being the best ally out there. Oh, I don't think I'm the best, but um, 
no problem. You're doing a, you're doing a great job. You're doing an excellente job. And I know Oh, excellente. I know I can be a little bit of a narcissist and I don't tell you I don't tell you enough how much you mean to me, how much I care about you. Oh, baby. How much you make my cheeks all rosy? Oh, you do have the cutest little cheeks. Oh, I do. They're like boop boop. Yeah. <laughs> so do you. I don't I have like very pronounced cheekbones. You do. You but do. you have like cute cute little cheeks. I feel like my cheeks are a little scary sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> They're not scary. Yeah, your cheeks are super squeezable. Mine definitely aren't. Just love, just love. All of us are beautiful. Bodies are beautiful. And I've been really starting to love the imperfections in my body. Yes. Well, this is such an inspirational, motivational episode. (laughs) We're so full of ourselves. We provided so much inspiration in this episode. (laughs) If you guys like need us to provide any more inspiration, you know where to find us. Please reach out. (laughs) Please reach out. We need attention. Yeah, help. I need validation. More, 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 more. Tell me you love me.